Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you for speaking to us today here in this place. There's more encounters like this for us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to encounter us so he can change our mindset and change the way we think and the way we we act. And a lot of times we've had bad role models, right? We've had bad moments. We all have. Sometimes we don't know how to act or walk or talk because we haven't seen it, right? And um, I wasn't sure if I was going to preach, but I'm going to preach a little bit. We've had these real bad role models, and, and it's not even their fault. Some of us haven't had a dad. Some of us haven't had a, a mother. And some of us are so broken on the inside, still longing for a mother and a father who was absent. Or some of us may not even know who our mother was. Or maybe she was there, maybe he was there. And, and, and it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough, but but by God, as we submit to God, regardless of our past, or regardless of the, the Bible says, if my mother and my father was forsake me or leave me, God with all His power would come and He would lift me up. That's what the Bible says. But I, that doesn't happen until we submit to Him. That that doesn't happen until we begin to surrender to Him and, and allow and allow Him to be the good Father that that He is. And sometimes it's so difficult for us to receive the good Father and. And we need some role models along the way. And, and so we're just going to talk briefly here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. It's a bold man, a bold man of God who was, who was fully submitted to God, who was powerful, who, um, who, who didn't realize that we would be talking about him today. But he said these words. He says, follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ, and this is the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest missionary to ever step, step foot on, the, on earth, and, and he was a, a, a murderer in his past life, he was broken in his past life, and, and, and he had all these, these negative things on him, he was very religious, and, and he had an encounter with Jesus, he had an encounter with the, with the Son of the living God, never to be the same again, and, and when he encountered Jesus, his mindset began to change. And, and, and all of a sudden, over some time, he's able to write these words that are, are, are audacious words, bold words. Like who says this? Like follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And these are such powerful words. And, 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 and who makes a statement like this? That the only way he could make a statement like this was because he was confident in his relationship with Jesus Christ. He was confident in his walk with Jesus Christ. Paul was that person who, who could actually say these words. He was secure in his relationship with Jesus. He was secure in knowing who he was in Jesus. He was secure in his walk with Jesus. And many times in our lives, in my life, in your life, that we the reason we don't see God work the way he wants to work in our lives is because we are not secure in our relationship with Jesus. We're not secure in that walk and we're not secure in who, who we are in Christ. And since we don't know who he is or who we are in him, 
We can't act like the sons and daughters he's called us to be. Instead of acting like sons and daughters before an all-powerful king, we act like slaves being driven by a slave driver. Instead of sons and daughters being driven by a king or being led by a king. How many are with me today? See, Paul understood that these words that he had just shared, saying, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, he knew that they held a lot of weight. He knew that these were heavy words. I don't know if we can stop these lights from moving, but they're like, drive me crazy. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. These are confident words that I will tell you today, this morning, that there are words that you may not feel worthy to be able to say. But they are words that I guarantee you that God desires that you can say these words. That you would be able to go to your neighbor and say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That you could be at your workplace and you could go up to a co-worker who's going through it and say, follow my example. Not because of who I am, but because of who lives in me. And that you could go to a broken person in the family who's, who's lost it all, who's a mess, and you could say, watch me for a little bit. Not because of who I am. Don't, 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 don't look at my mess, but look at the Christ in me. Look at the Christ in me. And Paul was able to share this. Follow me as I follow Christ. And we need some people in our lives that we can say, yo, I need to be like that. There's some marriages that we need to see. I need my marriage to look like that. It's not that it's perfect, but it is that God is in there. It, it is that the Holy Spirit is See, that there, there is such a thing as a home where the Holy Spirit resides. Right? There's a, there is such a thing as a home or a household where the Holy Spirit reigns. There is such a thing as a marriage, right, that, 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 where, where the Holy Spirit can reign. But we got to give them room. We got to give them room. We, we got to get out of the way. We, we, we can't keep seeing things the way we've always seen them. That there has to be a, a, a new vision that, that only God puts in our hearts. And if you don't have it and you don't know what that looks like, you need to cry out, God, what is the vision for my life? What is the vision for my house? What is the vision for my marriage? What is the vision of my future for our young people? Like, what am I supposed to do, God? Where, where am I supposed to go? And, and some of you already have some, had some promises spoken over your lives. Maybe some promises that you've given up on. Maybe some promises that you have forgotten of. But in order to move forward, we need a change. We need a change of our mindset. My wife was talking about it a little bit. See, we need to start seeing ourselves out of debt, Right? We got to start seeing it before it happens. You go to the dealership. The dealer or the salesman doesn't want to talk about money. Not really. Sometimes they'll say, oh, what, what can you afford for your, uh, your monthly payment? Right? They'll, they'll tell you that. They, 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 but what they really want you to do, they want you to sit in that car. They want you to sit in that car. They want you to smell that good new car, fresh scent, right? They want Because if they get you in the car, 
Doesn't matter what you said on the way in. Well, I'm only going to pay $100 a month. Once you sit in that car, you're going to make the numbers work. Because you saw yourself in it already. You already saw yourself there. You already driving it, right? And they said, you can take it home for the day. Really? You just need an insurance card and your driver's license. And you can have it for the day. You can bring it back tomorrow. Because they know if you take that thing home, the deal's just there. It's already done. Because you saw yourself in it, right? When you get in that car, it don't smell like Cheetos or, or McDonald's, right? No, there's no fries in the middle. Though. How many more? That's like, how many have picked up a fry right? in the middle of the time? If it's my car, it's probably a five guys fry. Right? <laughs> it's about what you're seeing. Uh, do we continue to see ourselves in debt? Then we stay in debt. We need to start seeing things differently, right? We need to see some role models, right? We need some new role models. Like, like God, you need to send me something, that somebody that I can see what it's supposed to look like. I need some people in my life. The people I'm seeing, man, they're they, they, they with me. I don't want to stay here. I need to go there. My father... Unemployed several times when we were growing up, you know, and sometimes uh, the unemployment check wouldn't get there or wasn't direct deposit back then. And sometimes it ran out, right? So we used to pick aluminum cans, and and uh, the pastor was gracious to my father, and he said, "Why don't you clean the church? Clean the church. Here's a key to the church." And and uh, my dad would, would clean the church, right? And my mom was very wise. So my mom went to the pastor and she said, um, can I get another key to the, to the church? And, and the pastor was gracious and he gave her the key. And my mother told me I was like 15 years old or 14, I can't remember. My mom would say, Mark, your father just went to clean the church. That means like in two hours when he gets back, you need to go and really clean the church. <laughs> Sorry, Pop. <laughs> My dad thought it was clean, but it really wasn't clean. So I used to go, wait till Pop got home, and I would go to church. I still remember opening doors and going up those steps, and I would go and I would clean the church. And I did that. For several weeks, I had no issue with it. I had to go do it. And one day, I looked at the sanctuary, and I saw they had old pews there. And I, uh, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm going to preach. I started preaching to those pews, right? Preaching to the pews. Start preaching to nobody. You know what I was preaching to? Myself. You know what I was doing? I was seeing myself do it. Right? I had to see it first before I could do it. Right? And I lost that dream. You know, went to the army, you know, the world to Porqueria, jump, whatever, and, and I lost sight of that dream, right? God begins to call me in the midst of his mercy and grace and calls me to pastor. I'm like, I've never preached in my life. So yes, you did preach. You did preach. It wasn't to many people, right? But I preached. But I had to see it first. You got to see it first. Those promises that God has for you, do you believe that he can do it? Have you forgotten those promises because of what has happened since you got the promise? 
You think Joseph didn't forget about the promise when he was in prison? You think Moses uh, remembered the promise when he was out in the desert tending sheep? We all go through these things, brothers and sisters. Don't feel so sorry for yourself. God is still for you. The promise is still alive. You got to begin to see it. Stop focusing on all the times you're messed up. Stop focusing on all the times you're letting go. Stop focusing on all the times you felt like you're alone. Start focusing. No, that was a promise that God gave me. If he hasn't given you a promise, say, God, what is that promise for me? I need to start dreaming for it. I need to start believing for it. Glory to Jesus. Can someone give God glory in this place? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. Faith, because faith is in this thing. Faith is the substance. I love what it says in Spanish. It says, la certeza, which means the certainty. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. They're not there yet, but we got to start seeing them. That's what faith is. Yeah, my son is locked up, but guess what? I already see him out, right? Yeah, we're living in the basement, but guess what? I see the house already, right? Yeah, there's no money in the bank, but guess what? I'm rich. being cheap. When you're cheap, you make him cheap. He's not cheap. And every time we make him cheap, we do a disservice to the king of kings. Right? Stop being cheap. I'm saying be a good steward, right? But if you think cheap, then you're cheap. If you act cheap, then you, you're, you're cheap. Don't look at the at the receipt and say, what is the 10% of this? No, don't do that. Say, God, what am I supposed to give this waiter or waitress, right? They treated me like crap. You told me to give me $50, I'm going to give you $50, right? They were bad service. It ain't about the service. It's about the one in you. And then we wonder why we're stuck. We're stuck because we're too, oh, we're, oh, oh, we are too concerned about oh, how they treated me. That's not the point how they treated you. Could have been the way, but worst waitress, and it could have been your day to change their life. We're so selfish, it's all about me. Can I preach a little today? I heard a testimony of, uh, he's an amazing man of God, and he says back in the day, you know, he went golfing, he didn't like to golf, but he went golfing, and and he's with this, uh, one of his mentors is wealthy and a man of God. And, and they went into the clubhouse. And then when they get to the clubhouse, there's all the, 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 the young boys. And he says, I'm thinking they're probably immigrants or minorities. And they're, they're the kids who, who clean the, the clubs after they go out. And, and they're supposed to tip them. And he said, he told his friend, he's like, yo, you got changed for a 20. He said, I want to tip the, you know, the, guy, the kid right there who's cleaning my, my golf clubs. I'm, uh, you got changed for a 20. And his friend said, hold up, get out of my way. Went over there and took his wallet out. He said, here's 20, here's 20, here's 20, here's 20, here's 20. He went back and he said, I got that. Let's go. He said, he didn't have to say nothing. He said, I was thinking cheap. 
I was thinking poor, and that's who I am. I'm poor. So we didn't have no conversation about it, but I understood the lesson. He says that years later, he found himself in the same scenario. And he says, this time the tables were turned, and the young man hit the man. Young man said, yo, you got your change for a 20? He said, no, I got this. Here's 20, here's 20, here's 20, here's 20. I learned my lesson. And guess what? I'm not poor no more, right? But if you think poor, we're poor. You think little, it's little. You think less, it's less. My God is not less, he's not little. He is great, he is powerful. He has no limit, he is unstoppable.
It better be where God told you to be. Because if not, he's going to keep eating baby food. He said, Eli, did you call me? 
And I said, no, I didn't call you to go to bed. The Bible tells us Samuel goes back to bed. And he hears the voice again, Eli, Eli, uh, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes back to Eli. He says, Eli, did you call me? He says, no, go back to bed. See, the thing about this is that Eli was connected to Samuel. There was a divine connection there. You need to understand that, that Eli was the high priest. Eli's household was not in order. The Bible says he was obese. The Bible says that his kids were doing whatever they wanted. It says that his house was out of order. But yet God had connected him to Samuel. See, there's some people God has connected you to. And sometimes they don't seem to fit the bill. God, you sure is that guy? I know more than he knows. I got more, more Bible than he got. You're not there. You're not there to figure it out. You're not there to fix them as you're there to be. Okay, God, am I supposed to submit to this unperfect person? Yeah. That's, sometimes we, we keep in this circle because we're waiting for this perfect person. God, when you send the perfect person, then I'm going to submit to them. No. Samuel didn't care. He said, God connected me to Eli. Eli, what'd you say? The Bible tells us that the third time he went back to bed, he heard the voice of God say, Eli, oh, Samuel, Samuel. And this time he went, he said, well, did you, you, sure, you sure you didn't call me? Eli knew that there was a connection there. He said, the next time he calls you, it's not me. It's the Lord of Lords who's calling you, Samuel. He's like, when he says, you say, here I am. And he had a, a divine connection with a broken person. Sometimes we stay stuck because we, 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 God's trying to connect us, right? Connect us. Sometimes there's some people that are going to teach you what not to do, right? I was connected to some amazing pastors, right? And I learned from them, good, bad, and ugly. Let me tell you, if God connects you to me and my wife or the pastors here, guess what? You're going to learn good, bad, and ugly because I'm imperfect, all right? I am not perfect, but God connects you. You submit here, and I ask you to do something that you don't like, do it. When the pastor says, oh, can you please take this ministry? Say, um, pastor, I have to pray about it. You ain't prayed all week. If you would have been praying, you would have had an answer right there. Right? God put it in the pastor's heart to say yes or no. I got to go fast and pray for two months about what you asked me, pastor. All right, then get out of the way. And get out of the way. I need some people who are going to say this. Yeah, so God put it in your heart, Pastor. Guess what? I'm going to take this little risk. It's not such a big risk. It's not going to kill you. And if the pastor missed it, God missed it. God will honor your obedience. Not to the man, but to him. Why am I stuck? Why am I saying, sir? Was I follow Christ's example? <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.